Hi everyone, here's what's bothering me today. I guess I need to talk about Asia real quick because a lot of things are happening and I'm not entirely sure that I trust the media to report accurately on what's happening and why, nor do I necessarily trust a lot of people to actually delve into the situation and also instead what I'm seeing, at least here in Canada, is why are we a part of this new Australia, UK and US military alliance? And so that's what we're going to talk about today. So like yesterday or the day before, there was this breaking news from the White House that Australia, the UK, and the US had formed this AUKUS Grand Military Alliance. So Australia is getting nuclear-powered American submarines, and it's all basically about trying to deter China. So here's what people mean by deter China. It means confining them to the South China Sea. And that's part of why China's controversial 9-dash line is super important and relevant to them. Now, the 9-dash line, and I'm sorry, this is going to be all over the place because there's a lot of stuff to touch on, but China's 9-dash line is arguably really terrible, and it's only alienating all the other nations in the South China Sea, which is not what China needs to have allies in that region to enact the breakout that they actually want. So that is an example of Chinese self-interests and pride and nationalism actually directly hurting their long-term nationalistic goals. So jumping back to China and breaking out, a lot of people don't realize this. We talked a lot about, you know, the, the Iron Curtain of Eastern Europe and the Soviet Union. There has been a blue wall in the Pacific for just as long, but no one really knows about it or sees it that way. Here's the thing, right? The American empire, as it stands beyond its bases and economic ties everywhere, also exists in the form of various specific territories and nation states that are in a pact of free association with the United States, such as, I think it's Micronesia and Palau and someone else, I'm sorry, I forget. And then they also have their various other territories and atolls like the Northern Marianas Islands and Guam. And then they have their staunch allies, Japan, South Korea, and Taiwan. Now, ostensibly, this keeps China in check, but it also keeps North Korea and Russia in check. It basically means that there is just this wall of American military might just offshore in the Pacific for the main nations that border the Pacific Rim. And it's why America has always done its best to work with nations in that area and also in Southeast Asia to try and contain either communism or just competing geostrategic interests. And so that's what this new military alliance with the UK and with Australia is supposed to do. Australia makes sense because, well, they're down there. And of course, there's a big fear in Australia that oh, China's going to take over. They're already our number one trading partner. Next thing you know, we'll be speaking Chinese in a few decades. And I mean, it's not really grounded in reality because China just wants economic control. They don't really care what you do outside of that so long as you let them get their economic access and money. Which, again, Australia, you've already given a lot of that leverage to China already, so... Bleh. And people might think, well, what about the UK? Why is the UK there? They don't have anything in that area. The UK still has ties with nations like Australia and various other independent Commonwealth realms throughout the South Pacific. And then there's also their one random little territory, the Pitcairn Islands, not that it really matters. But again, it's about competing geostrategic interests, which brings us to the main point of all of this. Like, 
Not even kidding. They've gone so mask off about the purpose of this new partnership. They even say this is to protect our shared interests and counter China's growing power in its own neighborhood and backyard. This is finally the pivot to Asia. People have been talking about this in the geopolitics sphere for decades now about, hey, what happens after the Middle East? Now, in terms of counterterrorism, uh, the belief, and we're seeing that now, is that we got to fight terrorism in the Middle East is going to eventually just spread to, we got to fight terrorism in North Africa, which is where there's a lot of Muslims and stuff. Surprise, surprise. That's why France, Britain, America, Canada are all over the place. So, you know, there's interests in Yemen, Somalia, you got Sudan, South Sudan, Niger, Mali, most crucially. Uh, no one talks about Burkina Faso or the Central African Republic anymore, but those are also things for a while and still have some like conflicts going on to this day. But in terms of where the American military might needs to go because the American Navy and Air Force has been really blue balled since the wars in the Middle East. Asia, baby. Oh yeah, China, big, new, beautiful, bad guy. We got a nation of a billion people that are against us. This is why we must fund the military even more. So that's what this is. And that's why also today, Taiwan announced $9 billion in new military spending, citing a severe threat. And there's still a lot to try and oversimplify here, but I'll try my best. America wants justification for its military industrial complex that automatically makes the pivot to China is the new bad guy very much effective and permanent. That's gonna just satisfy military contractors for a couple decades at least. The second reason why America wants to contain China is because if China can achieve both a geostrategic and military breakout in the South China Sea and from the Pacific, that fundamentally breaks the American hegemonic economic empire. That would mean Australia and New Zealand would be left on their own, and it would mean that China would likely have uninterrupted free passage with also their military ships as they continue to develop their navy through the Strait of Malacca, which is one of the three or four most important trade choke points in the entire world. Now, while China will not openly state this, a big part of their One Belt, One Road initiative is to further cement their newfound economic supremacy, or at least what they're trying for is economic supremacy. They want to surpass the United States as top dog because with that comes a lot of prestige, power, market access. You get to dictate a lot of the world's economic rules. However, what China will not say about that is that in order for that to succeed, this is why for them breaking out and having control of the South China Sea and subjugating people in that area is very crucial to them because that A, shows their growing power and influence. It also allows them to then actually enforce and protect their economic interests in the One Belt, One Road initiative, which then gives them the rights to, well, I shouldn't say rights, but rather the safety and security and peace of mind to actually be able to send military ships through the Strait of Malacca or wherever to, again, further safeguard their economic interests. It's still imperialism, but it's a sneakier kind of imperialism because they learn from the best, which is the West. And so America, Britain, and Australia, and the West in general know like that because 
No, come on, man. It's supposed to be white people in charge. Come on. Hence why America has taken great pains over the years to confine. First, it was just because communists with the Soviet Union and China and Vietnam. But now it's also just about securing their military frontier so that they can basically always threaten China, Russia, whoever, with a proverbially loaded gun at their forehead and right at their doorstep. That's why no matter what, America has great strategic interest in nations like Japan, South Korea, Taiwan, and Australia, because these are kind of their bases of power from which they can further project their power against China. It keeps China contained. This is the root philosophy of containment. China, knowing that at present they can't actually stand a war with the United States because, you know, they also rely on them economically in many ways. So China is just trying to be patient and play the long game of getting more and more economically powerful, becoming a greater share of the world's market, opening up more and more trade routes, and that way they're hoping, anyway, that this will grant them the same level of prestige and influence, and then they can just sort of go up to these people one day and say, look at all this infrastructure we've basically built free of charge for you to access this new global order that we've created but you're friends with america who are negatively impacting our trade relations and ability to help you and other nations please stop being friends with america and in the interests of money and capitalism they're going they being many nations are going to say yes america doesn't want that which is why the pivot to asia is so fundamentally crucial for american imperialism that is this is one of the last dying gasps of the American empire as they try to contain China and prevent it from rising and supplanting them because then they will not be able to control the world nearly as efficiently as they can right now. And because America relies so much on a massive military and military supremacy, they use this basically as a threat against any nation so that they can say, you know what, anyone tries to fight us, we are going to absolutely blow them out of the water, shock and awe, like, look at all this stuff we got, best technology, so many troops and forces, like, a single carrier fleet can destroy most nations, and America's got, like, 15 of the things now. It's a cry for continued political and economic supremacy in the world. And it's a last-ditch military effort, which is usually what a lot of empires do when they're in the death throes of their empire. But unfortunately, this isn't part of the narrative. Instead, it's just, oh, are we finally having the pivot to China? And, oh, look at this new strategic military alliance. And why wasn't Canada involved? Canada wasn't involved because we don't have much of a capable blue water navy. And I think we have, like, four submarines, at least half of which I think are still in dry dock. Our Pacific interests are very limited, and so if Canada were to be part of this, it may be a part of it in the future, but if it were to be a part of it right now, it wouldn't really accomplish much. And even then, much of this newfound alliance, as it were, which is just a formalization of previous informal alliances among these three Western powers, it's a signal to China that uh, the West intends to try and keep them underfoot. And so for those asking, does this mean this is a start of a new Cold War? Yes and no. It's the start of a new phase, but this Cold War has been going on for a while with a line not in the sand or in the dirt, but in the sea. And a lot of people didn't even realize that. And that's what's bothering me today.